Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Cody. And we are your podcast hosts, coming to you from the Cvent Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Now, before we get to today's topic, you can read about today's episode on the Cvent blog at cvent.com slash podcast. And we love hearing from you, so email us at podcast at cvent.com. Today's episode is focused on branded gear. It's something all event planners have to think about from a budget standpoint, as well as the how do we stand out perspective. We hear time and time again that when it comes to branded gear, or another term for this is promotional products, event planners are just bored with the options. This episode is going to aim to solve that. We have Todd Frankfurt on this week's episode, and before coming on the show, he shared some really interesting stats. A promo survey indicated that 82% of people decided to keep branded items based on usefulness. The next closest was attractiveness at 29%. So we definitely want to dig more into these statistics and learn how we can get our guests to keep our branded gear. So sharing our brand, because really, that's what we're trying to do. All right. And that's enough of us. Let's get to the conversation with Todd. Todd, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here. And before we start digging into all these questions, I just want to take a quick step back, learn a little bit more about you and how you got into the events industry. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I could tell you that I fell in love with a bag and a water bottle across a crowded room, <laughs> but that honestly wouldn't be the truth. Back in 1994, I was working for a large bank and was on a conference committee for an annual meeting of collegiate counselors. And we had sponsorships for bags and lanyards and pens and notebooks, everything that you'd use at an annual event. So I volunteered to handle that part because one of my good friends had a business in promotional products. I ended up joining the company a couple months after that. And we grew that company for about 11 years, specializing really solely in associations and corporate events, and then ultimately sold that company. So overall, I've been involved in branded gear for events of national nature for about 20 years. I bet you've seen some really (laughs) different branded gear opportunities over 11 years. For example, is it more tech-focused these days sometimes? Absolutely. Um, Just to give you a feel, back when I started, there was no individual email addresses. There was no internet to search products on. Big pens were very popular, and all the bags, for the most part, were sewn in the USA. And, you know, when you look at the product mix now, it's tremendous difference in the availability, the timing that they can be produced, and, and the creativity that can go into them. Wow. I wish we had like a museum or something to Ooh, see yeah, like pre-internet here. <laughs> you but, can have that idea yeah. for a free time. <laughs> it, well, I can tell you that the first catalog that I was involved with in 94 was black and white, if that gives you a sense oh, of what yes. kind of gear, gear wow. we were talking about back then. <laughs> I love it. Wow. So well, what about today? I'm just curious, like what are some of the trends that you predict are going to have you know, the most impact on the industry, especially for our planners when they're deciding on what branded gear to purchase? Well, I could give you, I could give you a couple of cornerstones that I would share with people about branded gear in general and then hit some, industry, uh, some uh, trends in the industry if that would be helpful. That sounds great. Yeah, let's do it. So 
a couple cornerstones that are really essential. And when I first came into the industry, I would go to the shows where you'd see all the new products and come back with bags of things. And honestly, it's easy to get wowed. There's a million, literally a million products that you could have branded. But if you step back, we're trying to achieve a certain result, whether it's a wow at an event, branding impressions, get a space on the desk, whatever that is. And when surveys are done about branded products, there is one clear hurdle, a bar to clear, or else really the effect is zero. And that is the product has to be useful. Survey showed 82% of people said they would keep an item based on usefulness. And then the next closest was attractive at 29%. So basically, if it's not used, there's no impact. I always encourage people to use that bar and think about the desired result and strategically put the numbers in their favor. Another item that's, that's challenging but important is the further you plan ahead, the more options, more customization, and the better impact you can have from any given budget. In the old days, it would take three or four weeks to get bags made. Now you could get bags really printed in a day or two, and then however fast you want to send them in terms of a shipping method. But if you plan ahead, you can put more into the item itself rather than shipping and do something really amazing and memorable. Just an example, if you take six or seven weeks, we can take your logo and your PMS colors, give you five or six designs of what PMS match dress socks completely woven to order would look like and create a home run for you for $5 each. Really is consistently creates wow at the booth because I follow up on every order and I want to understand what response my clients are getting at their events or their booth. And six or seven weeks, you plan ahead, 500 pieces, $5. And I haven't had a single client yet that hasn't come back and said, oh my gosh, everybody is so excited about these. They're talking about them at the booth and the employees are grabbing them. Oh, Todd, no joke. I have two to three pairs of branded socks in my drawer. <laughs> and I don't even go to that many shows. I mean, it's one of my favorite things to get. Love new socks. Yeah. I think Cody <laughs> wears a new pair of socks every day. So <laughs> That's yeah. my goal, really. I'll be honest. And, you know, that leads into the trend discussion because promo products trail retail. So let's talk about socks. Colorful socks, adventurous socks became a trend a couple of years ago. Then promo follows. So as you see certain trends in retail, typically within six months to a year, the promo options become more viable. From a trend perspective, technology, is, as you alluded to, is a really flashy category and it's con consistently evolving. And just to give you an idea, back when I went to Cvent Connect in 2018, QI wireless charging was something really new. Not many people knew about it. There's a lot of education that had to go on because it wasn't common. Now, fast forward about a year and a half, QI wireless charging is evolving in many ways. One, the Apple 8 and X have had it built in for quite some time. And now what they're doing is they're taking wireless charging and building in other technologies. So wireless charger plus Bluetooth speaker plus power bank. Yeah. And just to give you an idea, last year, I was showing, I tested and then was showing a, 
a Bluetooth speaker, power bank, uh, QI wireless charger, and I brought it to Connect, showed some people, but I had probably three, four, five clients that needed a home run tech VIP gift, $30, $40 budget, and they didn't want it to be something people had seen before. And an item like that consistently got amazing results from the recipient. And ultimately, if you're thanking a donor or you're thanking somebody for the business that they do with you, getting a thank you for the thank you is a fantastic response. Oh my gosh. And I would have to imagine too, now that there's so much technology integrated into live events and I know for myself, I go to an event and my phone is dead like halfway through the day. Just even using it as an opportunity to enhance the experience while they're there, and then they'll definitely take it away and appreciate it when they have it at home. Without a doubt. I think ultimately the technology items, there's so many different items that are essential. So it clears the use bar, but it enhances their their experience while they're there. So you know, charger cables, something as simple as charger cables, we can tend to forget that everybody needs them all the time. And sometimes you don't have it in your bag that you're traveling with, but a simple four or five foot cable that can charge type C, the iPhone, and then also the Android for five to $8 is going to get you a lot of branded impressions. There's a couple of things that will ruin your day. Cody and I were talking about this the <laughs> other day. If you don't have a charger, yep. that just ruins your day. <laughs> when you need a lighter and you don't have one, that can just change <laughs> the dynamic of your entire... I mean, there's just a few things that everybody's always going to need, right? Without a doubt. So technology is always a lead for people. Hey, what's new in tech? And it's going to continue to evolve as technology evolves. And we see Bluetooth speakers continue to not only increase in terms of the quality of them, but the breadth of them in terms of what's available. So I was playing a Bluetooth speaker that had a carabiner on it and less than $10 at a trade show. And the sound quality was tremendous. So something easy, portable, people can take with them, use all the time. So Todd, you've given us a couple good, really examples of these cornerstones, so to speak. What are some others that we should be thinking about? Well, again, following retail, last year, vacuum insulated drinkware really expanded. It followed the swell, the Yeti, high performance, six to 12 hours hot, 24 hours cold. And we're seeing that continue now to include powder coating, which is a retail touch and when you're considering that, and it's a very popular gift in the $10 to $20 range, if the planner says, hey, I have $10 to $20, I want to make an impact. When you're given a tumbler or a water bottle, in my opinion, to get the branding impressions, it has to be the go-to item. Absolutely. You can mm-hmm. spot a cheap water bottle from oh, a mile yeah. away. You're not going to swing by and pick that up. My favorite thing is my you know, my vacuum-insulated Yeti that I got from Cement Connect. Oh, that's true. Exactly. Do it all the time. Yeah. And that's really what happens. People get accustomed to a certain performance level, and that's what they want. And you know, that's an important part of the next trend we'll talk about in eco-friendly items. It's reduce, reuse, recycle. And my feeling, at least, is $2 water bottle after the convention is going to end up 
as waste because nobody's taken that home. So it's really important to keep that all in mind as you're selecting the gift and trying to clear that hurdle of useful. That's a really good point that I hadn't thought of. Me too. Because we do talk about sustainability quite a bit and waste from events. And I think this is a solid point, something to really consider. Yeah, I've been to a ton of events before and I've seen those types of bottles you're talking about and I've seen how they fill up the trash cans. Didn't even consider that, but yeah, putting a little bit more you know, time and effort into like making something that people will want to use makes a big difference all around. Absolutely. Hmm. Without a doubt. And, you know, the way I look at my role in this is my job is to help my clients make educated choices. I don't make the choices for them, but I provide the information and potential insights so that they can make the right choice for them. You know, one thing that is coming up, it started last year and now has really climbed is eco-friendly items are coming back into vogue, but it's very, very different than the first time it entered meetings. Back in 2007, a friend of mine in the building industry said, you know, Todd, you should consider coming up with a line of green or eco-friendly promotional items. And I said, okay. And I went to U.S the U.S. Green Build Show, which is a builder show that emphasizes green or eco-friendly building, just to get some background research. And early in 2008, we launched GNP Green Gear, which was probably the first comprehensive line in the meetings industry. And believe me, it was, it was not advanced. It was uh, the items were eco-friendly, but were not the prettiest looking items. But what was happening was our booth got mobbed. I mean, <laughs> it was crazy because at that same time, the planners were being told from the executive level, make this meeting green now. And people really didn't know where to turn. There wasn't the internet. There wasn't an availability of products. So our little six, 12-page pamphlet was, was a go-to piece. That was different than this. This is now more driven by plastic straw bands becoming more common, plastic bag bands, clients trying to drive reduced single-use containers. So it's a different drive to it, and it seems that there's more interest on the end-user part of it in terms of really wanting these products as opposed to this meeting has to become green all of a sudden. You know, within that vein, the products that are really coming out are reusable straws, went from a simple silicone $1.50 straw to now there are many hundreds of straw styles. And, and it's, it's more about making sure you pick one that people are going to use practically speaking. Does it have a case that makes it easy to transport from a forum? Does it have a cleaning brush in it? You can still get a lot of features in a straw for three bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Cody and I live in Portland, right? <laughs> Where you can't go to a restaurant or bar and get a straw anymore. Or if you ask for one. You're a little shamed. Oh, yeah. You get a look, yeah. Yeah. right? And so we actually carry around collapsible straws with us everywhere we go. I mean, it is constantly with us. <laughs> and that's an item that there's a lot more selection now than there was even a year ago. And it's really being driven by what's occurring across the country and awareness that's coming with it. That's kind of driven the reusable grocery bag end of it as well. 
they've been out there for a long, long time. I think the concept that I would explore and we've used is you could get a reusable non-woven grocery bag, hold a lot of stuff for two bucks. And, and bags are a great branding from the studies in terms of impressions they generate. But if you step up to a four or five dollar zipper top insulated one, now it's different. It's not going to get thrown away because they don't have five or six of them. They might have one or two. And we've tested these at the booth the last couple of years. And we have people telling us they have them from two years ago that they're using all the time. So the differentiator is key in terms of what you look at. Reusable utensils and lunch containers, big selection there. And I think circling back, the big key is in the reduce, reuse, recycle is pick something that has a good chance of it being used. I love that. I mean, I'm thinking about all those things myself. I personally love the reusable straws. But if you could pick one thing, Todd, like what is the thing that event planners are the most excited about right now? That's a great question. What generates the most excitement is newer tech items. That's what they may come to the booth at. But if you said, hey, Todd, of the people you've met at Cvent, what are the highest majority of them purchase from you? It's journals. Mm-hmm. We sponsored the Connect Journal the last two years, and it was a... Uh, for a $5 investment, a lot of perceived value. But I think in this space, with the number of meetings they're having, whether it's sales meetings or user conferences, association events, the journal is something that people use there and then they keep. Okay. So Todd, I know you work with a ton of different companies and customers. I'm sure you've had all kinds of different branded options. I see things like lotion or hand sanitizer, which doesn't necessarily seem like the sexiest thing to give away, but also is incredibly useful. Have you had any examples of successfully using something like that? Absolutely. And there's certain products that I would say are core in your branded gear lineup. For us, when we're at trade shows, we absolutely always have branded sanitizer at the booth. Because if you think of the context of the event, it's people traveling, shaking a lot of hands, long hours. It's just ripe for getting sick or transmission of germs. And the interesting part is we know cold and flu season is a certain portion of the year. So it's something that is appreciated. And definitely right now, with the coronavirus emergency, it's top of mind. But last year, it might have been a different flu strain. So I would always have these on hand. But the bottom line is, we see over and over and over, people are pulling the sanitizer from the booth. Absolutely. If you had it at your booth today, at whatever trade show you're at, or whatever event you're hosting, you can believe that people are taking it with them. Yeah, I just think about how many times have I been to an event and come home and gotten sick? My immune system is like 90%. Lowered. It's almost yeah. all of them, right? <laughs> yeah, that's really good advice. But I want to shift gears just a little bit here. I'd like to ask you, like, what do you think an event planner should be thinking about when they're evaluating a vendor to help them create branded gear? I'm sure there's a ton of vendors out there. So what should they be keeping in mind? That is a fantastic question. And you're right. There are so many people and companies to choose from in branded gear. But if I were in the planner's place looking for a good match, I'd look at three main things. The first and most important is choosing someone who understands the event 
meeting and trade show space because it's a, just a different animal. I would readily admit to you that even though I've been doing this for 20 plus years, I would stink if a garage or a pizza parlor or a real estate agent said, hey, tell me what's working in this space. I don't do that. I only work in the event space. So that's essential for somebody to get value from the relationship. Most of my clients are really busy marketing and event professionals who either don't have the time or the desire to surf the web for hours upon hours to find ideas. They'd rather have somebody like me say, here's my event, here's who's coming, get me some ideas, and let me get back to the other things like venues, meals, speakers, and everything else on the to-do list. Again, there's nothing wrong if somebody wants to enjoy spending time on the internet surfing a bunch of sites, but Every five or 10 minute conversation I have about a special event, the audience, the budget, what you're trying to accomplish, I usually invest two to three hours in putting together those initial ideas for review. Number two relates to when I do my one-to-one appointments at Connect, there's a top question and a top complaint in my appointments. The top question is always, what's new and exciting working in branded gear? Everybody wants to know what's new. And then I try to dig down a little bit and I say, you know, obviously there's a lot of people you could choose from, but what would add value that I could do that maybe your current provider isn't? And the number one answer is always proactive, and new ideas. We want more, we don't get any, or what we get are are tired and stale. So if that's important to you, if you're somebody who doesn't want to surf the web and do all that, you have other, other fish to fry, then ask how they're providing those types of new ideas, both on a global basis, but then also in an individual manner. Third is Taking the order is one thing. Okay, yes, I want this Bluetooth speaker and I want my logo, but there's such a critical aspect of printing it correctly and delivering on time. So wrong logo, wrong color, wrong address, late delivery equals game over a lot of times in the event space. There are so many places that could offer products and every provider is really different in the type of system that they have to go from order all the way through to it shipped and here's your tracking number. One of the things that that we did a few years ago was we're fortunate enough to join a pretty prestigious cooperative alliance of like-minded providers. So we have some proprietary technology that allows us to manage that process differently. And it doesn't mean that there's never errors. It just means that you reduce all the ones you can. And if UPS loses the package, well, then then you deal with that and try to figure it out. Well, it sounds like the UPS package was not lost because it sounds like you probably just had one <laughs> delivered to your front door. I, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so winning. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I have 500 branded charging cords and I go to this event. How do I know that it was successful. Is, is it if all 500 are gone out of my booth when it's over that that means success? Or is there some kind of ROI for these promotional products? You know, that's a good question. If you just start with the item and let's say we clear the useful hurdle, then by product category, there's a certain number of impressions you can expect to have. Things that I would judge by and have seen, I've gone to events 
and seen the item actually in the airport afterward, the bag in the airport, or somebody using the cable or the power bank. So that's that's always interesting to, to see them out and about. I think also you judge the reaction by your conversation with the person at the booth and what you gave them. So sometimes it's great to be able to tell a story when you're giving out the promotional item, whether it's QI wireless technology or the charging cable, something like that, and see what their reaction is. But a lot of times you could judge based on how the recipient responds to what they they got in hands. And if you're doing a mailer, for example, to your clients at the end of the year, you could judge by how many responses you get back. Wow, that was very thoughtful, loved the food basket, or I love that Bluetooth speaker or the vacuum insulated cup. Love it. So you see it out in the wild or get a nice thank you note. I mean, there are ways to see the ROI from this investment. I think the thing to remember is they're not only used externally, but they're used internally. Mm -hmm. So at a sales meeting that's going on next week, one of my clients is giving out really nice soft shell jackets to the salespeople. Then you're going to see those around the city that they're in. They'll be wearing them and you get that long-term excitement from them with your internal customers. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, Cody and I made um, air <laughs> car air fresheners with the podcast branding on it because we figure, you know, most people listen to podcasts in the car, right? And we got into yeah. someone's car the other day and they had one and we we're like... I was pretty flattered. We are winning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how you know you've made it, right? <laughs> that's fantastic. Now, Todd, I heard earlier you mentioned the word impression a lot. And you know, I know it sounds silly, but I want to make sure our audience is all speaking the same language. Can you help me like define a brand impression and how a branded product creates an impression? Sure. It has to do with it's it's measured by views. So for example, certain products may have more views than others. Uh, to give you an idea, a piece of outerwear, let's say a pullover or a soft shell jacket is over 6,000 brand impressions. So that's the kind of visibility it may create. And you could rank that versus a baseball hat, which might be 3,000 and change or a bag, which is in 3,000 and change. So different categories based on how the surveys are conducted have different brand impressions. And I won't tell you that I know how they calculate all the metrics related to different forms of advertising, but it consistently comes up that promotional products based on cost are a very successful form of advertising versus radio, TV, print, and some of the other things. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So what is the coolest, most creative thing that you've seen, but with a special twist? On a small budget. Ooh. So what is a small budget? Because small is different to everybody. That is the challenging point. I'll give you an example. And this is the absolute opposite of what I would have ever personally thought. But do you remember the fidget spinner craze? Oh, yes. yes. They're actually in our okay. meeting rooms in our office still to this day. So to tell you about myself, what I learned long ago is I'm not going to apply my personal viewpoints to products. Products either prove themselves or don't by usage marketplace response. I looked at that fidget spinner and I was thinking, man, who has time to be spinning this thing? <laughs> but for that period of time, that dollar, 50 cents, $2 item 
was as hot as you could possibly get. And so if somebody had two bucks to spend, that's where you wanted to be because everybody wanted them for themselves and their kid. That is an oddity. It's very different. But there are those opportunities that no matter whether you have two bucks or you have five bucks for the socks, so you could get custom woven socks, there's a product for every price point, And it just has to do with what you're trying to accomplish in the end. I'm just like having a fidget spinner like flashback right now. <laughs> that trend just came and gone. Like it was just like here and then just disappeared. Do you want to know the funny story behind that? You could literally not get fidget spinners in fast enough. We're airing these fidget spinners into the country while millions upon millions of them are on boats coming in, but it takes five or six weeks to get in on a boat. So you can't make them fast enough. You can't get them in fast enough. And by the time all these ships arrive, you know, the craze only lasted so long. People were sitting on millions and millions of fidget oh, spinners. No. And never ending <laughs> supply of them. Yes. Oh I'd build an island out of fidget spinners. You <laughs> could. <laughs> well, Todd, you know, I just got to ask you if you had to tell event planners just one thing, you know, either to be doing or thinking when it comes to improving their next event through the use of branded gear, what would that be? I'm going to say take what I say in context because I realize branded items are really a small component of the event compared to the venue, the menu, speakers, everything beside branded item. But the branded item might be the only tangible thing they leave that meeting with. Not talking about the experience or the content, but it might be the only hard asset they leave with. So As much as possible, I would really encourage planning ahead, especially for the really critical events, because it's going to allow for more options, more wow for a given budget, and more creativity as it comes into play. So as I shared before, if you want great ideas, if you invest five or 10 minutes in a call to just provide your partner with some insight, like who's the target audience? What's the event about? Why is it important? What's your desired outcome? What's your ideal budget? Those types of things, they can really come back with some great ideas. The more information you have, the better you can be. And what I typically do with my clients is I say, give me five or 10 minutes, and then I'll give you two or three hours and give you ideas. And I only ask for two things in return. One is just be ruthless in playing like it or spike it with them. The goal is just to find a home run. If I give you seven items, I don't care if you think six stink, but one's the home run. That's the goal. I'm thick skinned. My job's to make you look good in this event. And then two, the only other thing I ask is, hey, as a professional courtesy, just don't share my ideas with other, other people that are looking to submit ideas. Whoever has the best idea wins. And if theirs is it, I understand completely. So the more you plan ahead, and sometimes I have people say, hey, six months from now, I, I had a client, the one with socks, had a uh, diamond anniversary coming up, 60 years in business. And they said, next year, we want to have something related to diamond in our products. So give it some thought. And what we did was we wove diamond shapes, really detailed diamond shapes into the socks along with their years in business and their logo. And now they're using them at their booth to get email opt-ins and they've already reordered the socks. So they got 500 and another 500 are on the way. 
But when you plan in advance like that, you can really come up with some impactful items. I love that. Sounds great. Well, you know, Todd, is there anything you want to promote or share with our listeners? Any resources that we can add on our blog? Sure. First, I'd just like to thank you for allowing me to participate. And my primary goal in this, and I'm sure yours was, is just to hopefully share some helpful information with the audience that people can apply. If it's of interest, I'd be happy to share things like 20 new items for 2020, which I provided a PDF to my client showing them just 20 different things in different trending categories or seven cornerstones of impactful branded gear. Uh, Potentially, we're working on it right now. Make the Cvent Connect 2020 specials available a little early. We're working on that flyer that goes in the journal every year. So any of those, and, and certainly I'm always happy to bounce ideas off or something specific situations arise. I'd always be happy to be honest about where I can be of assistance and certainly where somebody else might be a better match for it. That sounds great. All of those resources sound great. And we're going to see you in Las Vegas at Cvent Connect in June, right? That is correct. I will be there. Awesome. And for any of our listeners who want to join too, all you have to do is go to cventconnect.com. There's going to be plenty of awesome people there, including Todd and ourselves. Thank you, Todd, so much for joining us. This was really insightful. Excellent. It was certainly my pleasure. I appreciate your time. Wow, Cody, that was a really cool conversation with Todd. You know, he's been in the industry for such a long time that he has some amazing tips and tricks. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk to him more at Cvent Connect in Las Vegas. Thank you all for joining us this week on the How Great Events Happen podcast. To get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast. And as always, Brooke and I would love to connect with you so you can find us at podcast at cvent.com. We'll see you next week for another great episode. Bye. Bye.